How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Devin the Bear. Today, we will be discussing the uh, Brunson versus Till card that happened this past Saturday, uh, Labor Day weekend. And uh, top to bottom, it was just all around a really, really fun card. Uh, I really enjoyed every second of it. It's uh, sure. these, these fight cards have been really just holding up to, like, they've been good, you know? They've been actually uh, consistent, is, I guess is the word I'm looking yeah, for. they're uh, good fights, but yeah. there haven't been any, like, crazy fights that people are going to be talking about yeah. know, forever. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's just, well, I think one thing that we definitely will be talking about, we'll, people will be talking about in the future, will be the Patty Pimlet debut. And we'll yeah. get to that in just a second. I do want to talk about Julian Rosa's Darce choke on Charles Jourdain. That was a slick Darce choke. It was quick. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Um, I mean, it was just, he went in there and he just put it on him all the whole fight, just back and forth um, fight that I wish guys would tune in and people would tune in to watch these prelim fights because these are the fights that people miss out on, you know? Yeah, I like to refer to those kinds of fights as these are like fighters' fights, not yeah. just for the fans. This is when a fighter watches this fight that you see how technical both guys get, whether it's striking or grappling, and you see how good they are on the mental aspect of the game while they're fighting, and it's really fun to watch, and it always translates well. Their fights are always exciting. Yeah, and so that's what um, it was all around a good fight, though. We saw a really good showcase by the – uh, United Kingdom fighters uh, Jack Shore made his UFC debut. He won by decision over uh, Ludwig uh, Shanalian. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just all around good fight. Uh, I actually did miss the Molly McCann fight. Were you able to catch that one? Yeah. Um, I think she's she described it best. Um, she landed the cleaner shots, and that was the whole fight, was uh, them just throwing back and forth. But she was landing cleaner throughout the whole fight. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a good fight. I would say it was close, but each round, I would say she definitely had a good showing in. So the judges going her way. Makes yeah. Sense. And so it was really cool to see a, uh, I believe she's from Liverpool as well, right? Yeah. Her, yeah. her and Petty Pimblet are like best friends. Yeah. So it was cool to see another uh, Scouser go out there and That's, get her win. She ran, we're about to talk about his fight, but yeah. she ran over to the uh, cage side after his win. Mm-hmm. Like, she was just sitting there ready, watching it, even though she just fought. Yeah. She's like, I don't care. It was, I don't care. It was no such doctor. a good moment to watch, too. Yeah. Uh, so, with speaking of that, so getting into the main card, we finally saw the UFC, the UFC debut of UK's own uh, Liverpool zone, the Scouser, Bat- Patty the Batty B- Pimblet, make his UFC de- debut against uh, Luigi uh, Vindorami. Uh, Vindramini, Vindramini, the Italian stallion, and um, this was a good. He's Brazilian. Yeah, I I don't really. (laughs) I was wondering the same thing. Like, I guess I got to do a little research to see why he's called that. Uh, He might be like half Italian or something. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. There's probably so many people who know, but we don't. So yeah, so sorry. Uh, he probably has, uh, probably because of his name is probably why they called him that. Quote Brittany Palmer. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) And so, uh, which is, I actually do want to talk to you about that. Um, so uh, it was a good back and forth fight. Yeah. We saw uh, Patty Pimlet come out straight, and these guys looked like they were ready to throw down. They were staring at each other between, as soon as Patty walked in that cage. Those guys locked eyes, and they never yeah. looked away. Um, I mean, it was just it was just a fighter's fight, and um, or you just a people's fight. You heard the crowd, the small yeah. crowd that was there. They were going crazy for Patty, and uh, Patty got really hurt. I want to say he got really hurt, but he, he, he got, got tagged. With the, yeah. Was it a left hook? Yeah, it was pretty bad. You see him get dropped. Um, and I've watched Patty Pimblet for a long time. I've been really excited for this. So one of the in the first like minute or minute and a half, he gets dropped. I'm like, God, no, 
Yeah, dude, I was freaking uh, out. I was like, please don't let this be it. I think he kind of got lucky because uh, Vendramini kind of rushed him and it initiated the grappling. And it's yeah. like, no, you should have stayed back, walked him down into the cage where he's pinned and just start wailing on him. But yeah. um, he initiated some grappling and uh, instinctively, you know, uh, Patty Pimblett's got great grappling, whether he's running on instincts or just... Um, controlling it but he he did pretty well holding it off and then going back to standing he just he still kind of did the same thing where he had his chin up high and his hands down low yeah that's just how he fights uh he rushes every single time he doesn't just throw like a little counter in and out he rushes mm-hmm. um so it, it works for him and he gets dropped pretty bad comes back from it and goes right back to how he was fighting and ends up getting uh Land some clean shots with which rock Vandramini. Yeah. And there's just this whole sequence of him just throwing all kinds of punches. Yeah. All kinds of like long combinations and eventually he gets the stoppage. Yeah, he knocked him out cold and like face he put him down. He made him face plant. It was a nasty knockout by Patty Pimlin, one hell of a UFC debut. And uh what was pretty crazy about watching that fight as well though is just um I mean, just showing that he just, he's, like you said, he's talked about, like, he keeps his hand low because he wants it to be a fight. Like, he wants to go out there and yeah. just put it all out there. And But the uh, post-fight interview he's <clears throat> with Michael Bisbee, Michael Bisbee was ecstatic to see him yeah. win that, and I thought that was super cool. And, um, like, he told Michael Bisbee, he's like, like I always say, I'm a scouser. Scousers don't get knocked out. And uh, Michael Bisbee was like, you almost got knocked out in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, he can't say that. And, um, but... I think uh, we, I think Patty Pimlin made his UFC uh, p- p- kind of. Uh, he's building a lot of hype now just from that fight. Yeah, and that's what he talks about in his post-fight interview as well. Is that he's the new kid on the block? He's the new cash cow. People are going to be calling him out. Yeah. So he doesn't feel the need to call anybody out, and I, I love that. I'm very for it because <clears throat> he's um, he gets c- compared to Conor McGregor a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that that comparison is it's accurate but i think he's he's going to go a different route he's not going to make the call outs he's not gonna go in there and scream and do some wild antics because all he's a fighter he doesn't do all that um so his what he shows where he gets people hyped up like that like conor Conor mcgregor does when he yanked the belt from aldo and all that crazy stuff he did yeah where Patty Pimblett generates that kind of hype is in his fighting and his in a, and in his post-fight interviews. Yeah, um, he's not gonna be able to do his walkouts like he used to do. So yeah, I do. I am curious to see if he's going to uh, make up for a lack of walkout what somehow. Kind of, what kind of scares me with him though is just like there's a there's kind of a high chance he's gonna get knocked out eventually. I, yeah, if he doesn't work on it, because like I I. I don't believe that the UFC is only is the only organization with top tier talent. Right. But that is where the top tier talent likes to go. So the people he was fighting before is going to be consistently. Um, sorry about that. We had a technical difficulty. Um, as I was saying, I really am curious as to see how he handles the new level of talent he's going to be fighting yeah. because. UFC roster is not like other rosters uh, because they do have nothing but talent. Yeah. Um, there's not like this uh, range of fighters, uh, the the unranked pool of fighters. They're not like a bunch of guys who can't fight and they just happen to be fighters. Uh, they're all fighters who earn their way there. So 
yeah, I could, if it doesn't work on it, I could easily see him get knocked out cold just yeah. because it's one of those things where I do believe he's going to be one of the greatest. Um, but sometimes you got to lose to get there. Um, I mean, look at GSP, the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah. Um, took two losses on the way there, but that's part of why he's the greatest. So who knows, man, once, if, if that ever does happen to Patty Pimblett, you know, I hope it doesn't, but if that ever does happen, who knows, maybe he could just be an even greater fighter after that. Yeah. Like, cause there's guys like, uh, like, like, like Drew Dober, I mentioned, like, I think Drew Dober would give him a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, I think guys like Brad Riddell would give him a lot of problems. They hit hard and they hit consistently. Yeah. Um, when you were saying Drew Dober, I was thinking Michael Chandler, you think of Michael Chandler and the power he brings, but he also brings that in like one or two shots. He doesn't bring it consistently. So the way that Luigi landed that left hook, if Michael Chandler lands that hook, you might not get back up. Yeah, exactly. It's just, um, if Drew Dober lands that left hook. He's not going to let you walk away. He's going to keep no, hitting you. Yeah, he's good. He's going to know how to swarm you. It's yeah. like Brad Riddell, who has amazing Muay Thai. He's going to be able to know how to counteract that, that's that brawler style. Yeah. And, um, I mean, and there's a lot of people really kind of saying, um, you know, talking about how he's nothing but hype, which I completely disagree with, though. Because if he was nothing but hype, then it, we would have seen him when he was 21 when he got offered to come to UFC. Yeah. We would have seen him when he was 23 <coughs> when he got offered to come to UFC. And he said he wasn't ready yet because he wanted to come in and make a point. Yeah. You know, people feel like he should have finished the fight earlier. And that makes no sense to me. I it's mean, a first round knockout, you know? First round knockout. I was on top of a very, very tough challenge to come in. Uh, Luigi uh, Vendramini. Is in Vendramini. A, yeah, Vendramini. Uh, he's, uh, he showed that he has fucking hands. Yeah. Like, he hits hard. And so you really can't say that he didn't live up to the hype. You, you can know? go look at his record, too. Luigi's record. I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. His record is really good. Yeah. He's got several knockouts, several uh, submissions, but also several decisions. He can win the fight anywhere. No matter what situation, yeah, um, he just has a tendency to go on a winning streak and then take a loss once he himself starts moving up in the ranks. Yeah, and so it comes to down to the uh, the next big thing because we haven't had the next big thing in a while. Yeah, it's supposed to be Sean O'Malley. That never happened. Yeah, you know, you say so um, you have you have Conor McGregor. I mean, that guy is no longer he's hype for the casual fan, the guy who likes to watch the big fights. Yeah. Yeah, somebody like Sean O'Malley, people fucking love Sean O'Malley. But the thing is, he only wants to fight fucking, like, low-tier fighters because he's like, I don't get paid the same. Well, welcome to the fucking fight game, dude. You sign a contract. Yeah. That's how you fucking felt. You probably should have worked that out a little bit better. So, yeah, Patty Pimblett coming in, and he's proving a point, and he's going to come in there. I, I, don't, I, think he, I think this debut, yeah, lived up to the hype. You know, yeah, to who, for sure. The way I've described Patty <coughs> Pimlet to somebody, um, I ended up actually like finding out my coworker is a huge MMA fan. So I sat outside with him for 20 minutes, like just talking with him. Uh, I hope my boss doesn't listen in and hear that. But like, <laughs> um, I mean, we talked you about you work him. and talk, buddy. What's that? Work and talk. Well, so yeah, and so we uh, we sat there, and we talked about him, and I was like, he's controlled chaos. Like it's gonna always be a fight when you watch him fight, and I think that's exactly what we saw. Yeah. So um, the, the only thing I will say I'm a little surprised with is there was really no takedown attempt from him. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping to see it just because I know how good he is on the ground. Yeah. Um, but he likes to go in there and fight. Uh, maybe it's one of those things where he's like, yeah, if I don't have to take it down, I don't want to. And yeah. I didn't feel like I didn't feel the need to with this guy. Um, but yeah. So uh, on to the next fight, we have a light heavyweight bout, uh, kind of a controversial ending with uh, Khalil Roundtree Jr. defeating uh, Modeskis Bukaskis uh, by uh, oblique kick. And 
But the whole fight, Khalil was really putting it on him. He was yeah. going there throwing heavy shots. And I'm a big fan of Khalil Ramji. Um, I mean, the guy has reinvented himself since he started traveling to Phuket to train on Tiger Muay Thai. And, um, I mean, he showcased it when he fought Eric Anders. He went in there and put it on him. He beat that leg up, just throwing oblique kicks, leg kicks. I mean, of course, leg kicks. But, like, throwing uh, side kicks to the knees, throwing, uh, to you know, calf kicks, thigh kicks, all that stuff. He's just hitting them everywhere. And, um... I mean, we've seen some pretty nasty uh, – when he has that – have you seen that knockout he has? I forgot who it was over. Uh, but, like, the guy went for a take on, he stepped and he kneed the guy in the face and then kneed him in the chest while he was out. And it was like – it looked like he kneed him in the head. Yeah, I've seen that. Too. And so, uh, yeah, Modeska's coming in, who's a little younger. And he had uh, – he's a good – he had a good record as well. He was 11-4 and four coming in. Um, you know, he's another uh, – he's a Lithuanian fighter. Actually trains out of England and um, – but yeah, so uh, it was just Quill's fight the whole fight. He broke his nose within like the first twenty seconds, yeah. and he just put, beat the shit out of him, honestly. And then so uh, like we talk about the ending of the fight. Um, what's that? Omodeskis goes to throw a jab, and uh, he was kind of planting his foot weird on the jab, but just putting it out there. And Quill, being as experienced as he is in striking now, threw the sidekick to the kneecap, and uh, it bends it the wrong way, and he ended up tearing everything in Modeskis' knee. And, um, I mean, you just hear uh, Bukowskis just drop in pain and just uh, they had stopped the fight immediately. And uh, Khalil knew that it was something yeah. that he didn't even try to finish the fight or anything. Um, it was a really, really, like, rough, tough finish to watch. Yeah, those oblique kicks are pretty controversial. I don't feel like there's any problem with them. Yeah. If you're doing them in practice and training and sparring, yeah, that's – yeah. It's a little bit much. Uh, if you want to throw them, just tap. You don't need to do anything more than that. Yeah. Um, so you c- it's not one of those things you throw. You know, if you put it out there, fine, but don't don't throw it. Um, but in a fight, it's fair game because it's a fight and that's a legal strike. So there's no reason for people to have issues with it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about it on the show before, and it's one of those techniques that just it's always going to be controversial yeah john jones was always throwing them and it was always controversial when he did it uh rampage had a lot of problems with it um it's just one of those things where it's like the injury that it brings on uh is so severe that people have issues with it but at the same time you know heel hooks do the same thing yeah um mark like you said mark godbeer said it best yeah and so he just was like, how are we going to give him crap for it whenever we were just praising us? Uh, what's his name, Sabatini? Pat Sabatini for it. Yeah, whenever he completely tore uh, everything from the knee down on Jamal Emmers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where one technique makes it look, ba- look bad and the other one seems more um, like a competitor's thing, like a sportsman. Yeah. It's a move, while this one is more of like a dirty strike. But yeah. I just – I don't think it is. Yeah, no, and uh, I see. I agree with you, honestly, one hundred percent. I know we've had back. We've went back and forth on it, even outside of the podcast. We go back and forth on it, but no, I agree. Like, I mean, it's one of the things where we see it in Muay Thai a lot. Now that we've talked to guys like Jeremy and Oliver, like we've we've really like watched that sport a lot now, as much as we can to our knowledge, you yeah. know. And so, uh, it's you see it in Muay Thai. It's just as you said, we just don't throw it in practice. Like when I know that, like when you throw it, like when we spar. Like, you'll just tap me with it, you know, because it's just like, obviously, you could fuck my knee up doing it. Yeah. And it's, I get nervous every time you do it, though, because I'm like, God, please, please, dude. Like, I need my leg. And I, I would never throw it um, 
in a way that would compromise your knee. I'm going to throw it to stop you from moving your leg because mm-hmm. I'm like, you're about to take a step forward and throw something. Yeah. Let me stop you before you take that step as opposed to just after the step or during the step. That way, when your foot goes down, your knee comes down wrong. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's one of those things where it's it's a kick that if you know what to do, you're going to destroy someone's leg. Fuck yeah. And, um, I mean, like, <clears throat> even the commentators are saying, you know, it's kind of – because Modestus wasn't blo- wasn't checking any of the No, kicks. his leg was already pretty beat up, yeah, especially shit, his upper thigh. That shit was looking like a raw hamburger meat by the fucking second round, dude. And he, um, he what's it called? Uh, he wasn't checking them. And then so like they talk about checking it. I don't know the right way to check it, but anytime you've thrown it to me, like I just pick my knee up whenever you whenever yeah. you throw it. And, and so I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but even the commentators, like he has to pick that leg up. Like he's not doing anything when he yeah, does it. Yeah, because if – like I said, the issue is when your leg comes down from it yeah. or is as it's coming down when you land it, it's it's that downward motion that messes with your leg or, or your knee specifically. But uh, when your knee moves down, yeah. obviously it's not meant to do that. Uh, so if you lift it as it happens, you know, it's it's kind of a way of checking it. Yeah, that knee touched the ground before he did. Yeah. It was fucking disgusting. Yeah, it, was. it was so bad, dude. And I showed it to my through that hard. Fuck yeah, he, he missed one just before that, uh, and that kick looked pretty hard too. Yeah, and he it, whiffed on it, but he he, he he got that second. I showed it to my brother and my dad, and they're like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, like that's that guy's gonna be out for like nine months at least, and that's that's probably just training and rehab, like out of training. Like he's it's gonna be a while till we see him again. So uh, we wish him a speedy recovery as well. But Modestus uh, Bukaskis even said, um, you know, y'all can't keep giving him slack. Like, he saw the move and he kept doing it. Like, it's just, it is what it is. This is a fight. And um, he and uh, Cleo was very respectful afterwards as well because he knew that knee was fucked. Yeah. And so um, so both guys are on board with it being yeah, even perfectly legal strike. Yeah, so I think if the fighter who was the victim of the strike doesn't have a problem with it, I don't think you have much room to say anything. Yeah. Not you in particular. But yeah. just uh, people watching. Kelvin Gaslam was very uh, outspoken about it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, get your fucking wins up, dude. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll care about your opinion a little bit. But, uh, you know, stop eating so much. So I don't know, I've been pretty disappointed with him. And so. Sorry. No, it's cool. I mean, it's it's whatever. I guess, you know, the hype isn't there. At, but so on to the midway point of the. Um, the main card we have Alex Morano he defeated David Zawada by decision and this was just an all around great fight by yeah. Alex Morano uh, I really enjoy watching him fight he uh, definitely put uh, what's it called um, gave me a different look like di- different mindset when it came to him as a fighter when he fought Cowboy Cerrone because I thought Cowboy Cerrone was just going to walk right through him and um, I was very very wrong obviously and it's kind of two very different approaches to striking too and and the cowboy fight you had him throwing a lot of very heavy hands very heavy overhand right yeah um often back to back uh with this fight he was very technical he threw a lot of spinning strikes he threw a lot of combinations ones and twos and threes even uh so it's it's cool to see that he had a very tight stance coming in too did you notice that and uh that was really cool because whenever the the uh, Bruce Buffer had announced, you know, he's like, we have a kickboxer in this corner. I didn't. I thought I always known Alex Morano for his jujitsu. Yeah. And so that threw me off. Like I was like, I thought he's jujitsu guy because he trains at uh, Gracie Baja Woodlands and he coaches there. Yeah. And uh, so when I see him coming out there and he's has great stand up and he's doing very very well, I was like, what the hell? I didn't know. I thought you know he just was able to just uh, bum rush. Um, 
Cowboy and just put the pressure on because Cowboy is such a slow starter. There's and a reason he's Fury's number one color commentator. Yeah, exactly. It's always <laughs> cool seeing him there. I think it's so yeah. cool that he does that. But also, he is a Houston native, so I mean, we always got to show support for those guys. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just I mean, it, it went all three rounds, but it was just uh, Alex being just one step ahead the whole fight, and um, he knew that. Uh, he also talked about that he's actually a big fan of David Zawada as well. And um, I think that was really, really cool. He said he's been watching David for a while, and he, and he was kind of like, I knew uh, we were going to cross paths one day. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's really, um, I mean, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Yeah, uh, it's crazy that we. <laughs> there's not a whole lot to say about that fight yeah. because of how good it was. But it was one of those where it was just, it was really good by Alex Morono. Maybe we're a little biased. Who knows? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it could be that too. I think uh, Alex Morono, though, he is showing that uh, he's finding his footing in the UFC. Yeah. And with uh, he's on two win streaks. So uh, I would like to see him get a top 15 guy next for sure. And so um, I think that's the most important thing for him is just see him move up pretty well because I think he's going to fare well against some of those guys. And so uh, on to the uh, co-main event, we had a heavyweight fight. I always get excited when heavyweights fight because someone's about to get fucked up, or it's gonna be yep. really, so, or it's gonna be really boring. And so, uh, well, when Tom, Tom Aspinall fi- is fighting, it's never boring. It is always exciting. And he defeated uh, Sergey Spivak by TKO. And um, it's uh, Sergey was actually a late replacement for this fight. <laughs> and uh, Tom Aspinall is coming off of a win over Andre Lovsky by submission coming into this fight. And then you have uh, Sergey Spivak, who's coming off of a win over uh, Alexei Olenek. And a pretty fun back-and-forth fight. And um, right away, though, Tom Aspinall, he has a little bit of hype coming in. And rightfully so, he moves so well for a heavyweight. Uh, guys say that they spar with him. They feel like they're training with a middleweight because of how quick he is. Yeah. His footwork, I mean, all that stuff. He just he doesn't move like a big guy, and um, so he comes in and he just put it on Sergey. Sergey just really didn't know what to do. Uh, Tom was being smart, just using a lot of one twos coming in. Then eventually, uh, when he, the second he gets some space, he lands a huge elbow on Sergey's uh, upper right, uh, upper left eyebrow, and just splits him open and just jumps in for the kill. Yeah, it was really cool to see uh, these two heavyweights heavyweights fight. I feel like they had pretty similar careers before this. Yeah. Um, like you were just saying, they both just came off of uh, wins against really big-name veterans of the sport, and Andre Olovsky and Alexei Olenek. So even just that is very simple. They kind of parallel to each other. Yeah. So they kind of meet here, and it's cool seeing Tom Aspinall with all this hype. Um, but it sucks because at the, on the other side of that, Sergey has, like, no hype. Yeah. And that's because his style it just isn't – as exciting a lot of his fights go to decision and he just pummels people yeah whereas tom aspinall's never gone past the second round yeah so yeah uh it just went tom aspinall's way in this fight yeah for sure it was pretty dominant and yeah like i mean like uh sergey's nickname is the polar bear because he fights like a polar bear yeah uh he's a big fucking guy and he just puts his weight he's on the heavyweight him. you know could be yeah just uh, heavyweight's not a division where that might always work yeah it's not a division where you want to be that kind of fighter yeah. you know um so I think with Tom Aspinall now that he's so I mean he's obviously he's ranked number thirteen. Um, I mean, what's a good fight you think it would match up well with him? Uh, with Aspinall? Yeah. Uh, I think him and Stipe would be a great fight. Yeah. Because um, I feel like Tom Aspinall stand up versus Stipe stand up mm-hmm. isn't so great. It's kind of a Stipe should win that one. But Tom Aspinall's faster, I think. 
Um, he tends to, he doesn't w- worry so much about getting in close because he knows his grappling will take care of him. Yeah. So it'll be, it'd be an interesting fight because Stipe would be trying to work his combinations kind of like how he fought Francis the first time around, but for different reasons. Right. So it would definitely be interesting. I think that that'd be a matchup I'd like to see, but I don't think Tom Aspinall's quite there yet. Yeah. Um, who's freaking, who's like 10, nine and eight in um, heavyweight. So right now I'm looking at the rankings as we speak. And, um, so Chris Dawkins is number 10. He's already set to fight. Some that, oh, so, I was going to say that would actually yeah. be a really fun fight. He's fighting at UFC 266. Uh, I can't recall who he's fighting. Uh, then, um, number nine is Augusto Sakai. And, uh, number eight is Marcin Tibera. And so, um, What's that? So yeah, I mean, this is like I th- I, I don't know if Marcinus not ranked yet. He's uh, number thirteen. Thirteen. And okay. so uh, so the guy above him uh, is uh, Blagoy Ivanov, and we haven't seen him fight in a very long yeah. time. He's he got injured. He's supposed to fight Marcin Tibera back in March, and he had to pull out. So um, I mean I mean you, you know uh, Blagoy can use a fight. He hasn't yeah, fought in a while. Have him fight Aspinall, and then winner gets the winner of Dacus, and whoever he's fighting. Yeah, and so uh, I know who's that. Dawkins is fighting uh, Shamil Abdurahmanov. I know the name. I'm trying to picture who he is. Uh, see, is he bald? I don't know. Or shaved head, buzz cut. He uh, nah. He who's he? Be? Huh? His last fight was against Curtis Blades. He hasn't fought since 2019 though. Uh, Somehow he's ranked number fucking. What's he ranked number seven? So. I, I know the name. I'm blanking on who I it is, I guess, because I haven't seen him in two years. I would like to see him fight Augusto Sakai. Uh, Walt Harris is above him as well, though. I feel like he walks through both of those guys. Tom I think Aspinall. so, too. But the thing is, is like, you know, Tom Aspinall kind of said he's like, I just want He wants to move up slowly. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, like like uh, Michael Bisping said it best is you really can't do that whenever you get into the, like, when you're as good as you are. Like, you can't yeah. just ease into this. Like, you, you're either really good and we're going to push you faster. You know, you, you're going to have to fight killers eventually. And he is fighting killers, but, um, I mean, with as much hype in his head as talent level, um, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like, you, it's, he's going to have to get pushed quick. And I think Maybe he should have taken the Sergei Spivak route. Yeah. Be a little boring. Yeah. A little boring, but dominant. At least keep your job, you know, like. I think him and um, but him and Augusto would be a good fight. I think I think that's I think that's definitely a good fight to make happen. Um, because uh, I would like to see him kind of ease into the top ten and then see Where's where he Tuviasa goes. Where's on that list? He's not in. He's not ranked, but he's actually fighting Walt Harris. Oh, he's fighting Walt Harris. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's uh I I don't want to see them two fight. Aspinall, I don't either. Aspinall and um. Oh, and you want to see him and Tuviasa? No. Why not? I like both of them too much. I love both of them. <laughs> I'd love to see them fight. I think yeah. that's what that would be fun because now. You see Aspinall fight a guy who throws heavy, and he throws a lot, and he throws fast. Yeah. Uh, Tuviasa will surprise you with his speed, too, so I think that would be a fun one. It would be a very fun fight, but it would break my heart. Yeah, because someone's going to get knocked out cold. Yes. For sure. And I feel like Tuviasa is going to be able to handle that pressure a lot I better. think he would, too. Yeah, I think that would be a very, very tough fight for Tom Aspinall. And uh, people are already talking about, like, man, Aspinall would look really good against uh, Surreal Gone. I don't think he would look good. Yeah. I think it would be interesting once it goes to the ground because both guys are very good on the ground. But yeah. I think Aspinall's got the edge there. Yeah. Um, Gone striking is just much, much better. He's levels above all these guys. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Like, 
when we talked to Oliver about it, and I even talked with Jeremy, I, I say this every time, like, because people aren't a big fan of his style, they think it's kind of boring, and sometimes it can be, it, but he just, he makes these big guys freeze up, they don't know what to do yeah. with them, and um, I think Aspinall just needs to grow a little more in the sport before he's considered uh, top tier, it's hard because, you know, you see this talent, the second they get a little bit of hype, people want them to fight for the title, and it's okay to build up your prospects, you know, yeah. let them get up there, and so... Uh, once Aspinall gets in the top 10, I think that's when we're going to see the best Aspinall. And we're seeing it right now, you know. And um, But, yeah. So, we'll just wait and see. So, uh, for the main event, we had Derek Brunson defeat Darren Till by submission by a rear naked choke in the third round. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. This was, uh, I mean, it's a great performance by Derek Brunson. I mean, for a guy that's fucking 37 years old, he's still going out there and still doing it. It's ridiculous. Just as well as he ever has. Yeah, if anything, he's doing it better. Yeah. Um, you know, he's on a 5-5 win streak now. Uh, his last loss was against the champion, Israel Adesanya. And, I mean, the way he's beating guys now, he's actually getting finishes now. He hasn't. They said he hadn't had a submission win in over th- uh, since 2013. You know, in eight years, he hasn't had a submission win. That's insane to me. And um, so we're seeing him coming in, and he's just uh, he just completely just rolled through Darren Till. And I didn't really expect that, but I should have expected that. You know, and it's not really surprising considering what Ter- Tyron Woodley, who was a weight class below, did to Darren Till. Yeah, um, we talked a little bit about it, and my thoughts were that they would counter each other pretty well. Yeah. But I feel like, Darren, like you were saying, Darren Till just didn't show up as well as we had thought. Um, I thought he would have been able to counter a little bit more with his boxing, but he just he definitely didn't. No, he didn't, and it was pretty, I don't know, it was just kind of disappointing to watch. Um, it just sucked. I was like, damn, fuck. Like, uh, he had Darren, he had Derek hurt in the third round. He hit him with a good shot, and uh, he just didn't capitalize on it. And um, what he when he tried to capitalize on it, he got very sloppy and just rushed in, because Darren just throws mainly just one-twos, and he is, he's known for that. He's got very traditional boxing, and, uh, he's or fundamental. That left hand is, uh, it's a fucking beamer. Like he he throws it sharp, he throws it crisp, and uh, he puts he knows how to twist into it really well. But um, like he hurt De- uh, Derek because Derek lunges in with these takedowns. Like he makes a very that's why he got knocked out by Aldesanya. It was he just lunge, lunges in really really awkwardly and very uh, aggressively, and he leaves himself open for a lot of shots. And uh, Dar- Darren uh, Till just kind of he hit him with that one too, and. He backed him up, and when he went to rush in, he was just kind of uh, he was, like Derek was able to get him straight to the ground, and then eventually, like you saw Darren, and I don't really get the lack of experience on the ground with him either, though. I mean, the guy lived four years in Brazil, speaks perfect Portuguese. Have you ever heard him speak Portuguese? No, I haven't. He's he's Darren been, Till. Yes, he speaks perfect po- uh, Portuguese. Like he actually has a he has a daughter in uh, Brazil. Like he has he has a whole family over there. That's interesting. This is kind of off topic, but this is something I've actually talked to my wife a bit about. Um, I'm really curious as to how other accents sound in different languages. So I would love to hear him speak Portuguese and see if other Portuguese people would be like, whoa, that's like a you have an English accent, uh, yeah. even though they're speaking Portuguese. Yeah. Um, so from what uh, some of the YouTube comments that says, like, I'm actually Brazilian and I speak fluent Portuguese and English. And they're like, he... And uh, people were, like, kind of laughing about it. They're like, he, he sounds better when he speaks Portuguese than he speaks normal <laughs> English. <laughs> it's like, I can understand him better when he speaks Portuguese. He's a scouser, but he gets knocked out. And so, um, yeah. 
He gets fucked up. He gets choked out. Yeah, choked out, knocked out, you name it. He's been there. Um, <laughs> He'll take 50 losses. He don't care. He'll yeah, be great. Yeah, eventually you need to care. But, um, I mean, I, Darren Till says he wants to be one of the greatest of all time. And after a performance like that, it's like you really start considering what you have to do to make you the greatest, you know. And I think with that, it's just um, it was just a tough loss for him. And he, t- he always handles losses very well. But it's like, okay, since you've moved up to middleweight, You've only had one win at in the division, and um, that says a lot about where your career is going. Uh, I know for the English fighters, it is a little hard for them to get um, to uh, to find good wrestling coaches and stuff like that. They struggle with it, but uh, to show no no jujitsu as well. I yeah. mean, there was there was a moment where he was uh, Derek Brunson was in his half guard, and he wasn't really showing any signs of trying to advance back to full guard or even try to get up. Uh, he got popped in the eye pretty good too, and him swelling it up in the first round. And so, um, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, is I don't think Darren Till is all hype, but I feel like there's not the um, his stock is definitely declining. Yeah, it's declining pretty fast. Yeah. and I think also there just there's no type of advancement he's making to make himself a better fighter. There's sounds like the perfect buildup for a rematch with Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. <laughs> why, why not? Why not? Fuck it. They're both getting beat up by wrestlers. They're both getting beat up, and they're both losing hype. And uh, I won't say fans, but their their stock is definitely getting has declined. So I don't know. Maybe Jorge will move up. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying, you know, um, since he can't beat uh, Usman. Yeah, uh, what's it called? Uh, and uh, Osborne walks around pretty heavy. You've seen him? Yeah. You ever seen him outside of fight camp? It's hard to tell. He looks. He's always wearing that stupid robe. He uh, he's got a belly. Whenever he well, he's whatever the fuck he wants because he can, and um, that's probably why he moved up to fucking um, to welterweight. He's one of those freaking masters of weight cut. Yeah, I mean, he fucking kills himself to make his weight sometimes. He does all right though. Yeah, fuck that. Um, I don't know, man. If you can make your weight cut easier than do it. I'm, hey, I'm not saying everybody should do it. I'm yeah. just saying he yeah, no. can do it without it impacting his performance and what's much. crazy though is he's he's a little older you would think that would affect him more um masvidal's not very young when it comes to the fight game he's on the other side of 30 and um so with darren till though it's just one of those things where it's like you know what what adjustments are you going to make to ensure that because he said he wanted to be the greatest fighter of all time and it's like well what adjustments yeah. are you making to do so it's the same as i think with uh you know i think about like conor mcgregor right and so with conor it's like what adjustments are you making to be the better fighter of all time? Like you're better than every guy at your gym, and I think I always feel like that's a problem whenever yeah. you're the best guy in your gym, because um, you're consistently just fucking these guys up. You're not getting any better. Like Mike Mike Perry talked about it too, and this is right before his loss to Max Griffin. He had, and this is that's where the decline really started for Mike Perry. It's just, um, you know, he says See, there's only like two guys in here that actually like like whoop my ass. Besides that, I fuck everybody up. And it's like that's not a good thing. Like it's nothing yeah. to brag about, you know. We we've talked about that before too. Um, it's something that we've always agreed with, but GSP put it into really good words. And yeah. Not to bring GSP up again, but uh, sorry, not sorry. How about that <laughs> reference again? Uh, but he says like the the best thing about having people who are better than you, but also having people who you're better than, is that you. You train against the people who are better than you so you can stay sharp, and then yeah. you train against the people who aren't on your level so you can stay creative and find the good balance of both. So if you're only fighting people you're better than, cool, you're relaxed, you're having a good time, but yeah. that relaxation is going to cause you to get knocked out. 
Just like Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, it's like we talked about with uh, with Oliver when he was here. You know, he said he was at the gym and he was like, honestly, man, I was beating most of the guys. And uh, he said whenever he switched gyms, uh, I, can't, I think it was Corley had saw him fight, right? Yeah. And so uh, he said when he switched gyms, he's like, I was getting my ass whipped all the yeah. time. And he's like, and you look at him now, dude, he's phenomenal. He is very sound for yep. Muay Thai. His Muay Thai is fantastic. Even translating into MMA, it's you. Re- there's no, like, deterioration of his stance of his form of his technique so yeah uh, again just that balance really helps so yeah if darren till doesn't have that balance um like mike perry you know same similar situation like you're saying maybe change camps like you were saying you can't find the right people to train with over in in the uk maybe come to america you moved to brazil for four years so why not move to the u.s yeah move to canada Go train with GSP at TriStar. You know how cr- crazy that would be? You know how good he would be if he trained at TriStar? Yeah. be phenomenal. Um, but I think, so with Derek Brunson, though, now he's calling, he just called out Adesanya, and Adesanya just kind of brushed it off, like, yeah, whatever. But it's like, no, like, this is what happens when you're champion, though. You got to go yeah. back and beat these guys that you've already beat. Because you look at Derek Brunson now, he's rolling through these guys. Yeah. And um, so you got Adesanya. I mean, he's kind of doing the same. But, <clears throat> I mean look what he did to Marvin Vittori but in the fight set it's like okay like you should be finishing these guys his fight know? against Marvin Vittori was very lackluster for me I agree um, it's great that you can backpedal and counter strike and win fights that way mm-hmm. but at no point did I think Vittori was hurt or couldn't win that fight yeah. Vittori was in that fight 100% of the time and Adesanya couldn't stop him so yeah. cool you're making jokes you're pretending like his leg punches for whatever reason, Bar- Vittori decided to do those. Yeah. Uh, you're pretending like those are hurting you, so you cry. Oh, wow. What a funny joke uh, that your career is becoming roasted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I wasn't impressed with that performance by him. And Derek Brunson has been impressing me. Uh, you look at his fights, like you were saying, he hadn't had a finish in a while. Well, he just got one. So yeah. against a top guy like Darren Till, who clearly has to do some work, but... And so, he's not done. Yeah, and so with Derek Brunson, though, it just I kind of just want to know where he he lies now. He's number five in the division. I think a fight with him and Jared Cannonier would make a lot of sense. I was thinking that, too. Yeah. But I don't want to see that because no. that's two guys who have worked so hard to, finally to get, get back on top. Yeah. And they're staying on top now. So now it's like, who gets to stay? Yeah. Who gets to be on top after this and fight? And both those guys are about the same age as and well. They're gonna, I feel like if they, if they take that loss, that's a hard one to make another run for the title again. I think, I think Brunson retires if he loses, though. Yeah. Um, there's Kevin Holland's even said there's been rumors that he's going to retire after his next loss, and I think that's exactly what happens. Uh, and so with – because, I mean, that, I mean, I feel like that's the fight that makes the most sense, though. Is yeah. That, because both those guys are coming off of uh, fights, you know, let them rest up, heal up a little bit. Because um, I know Jared Ken and Jared Ken is trying to get in, and um, <laughs> Derek Brunson said after the fight, they asked him, like, who do you want next? He's like, hey, man, I don't have to fight anytime soon, man. I'm not broke. Like, I don't I don't need to fight, you know. Must be nice. And so, right? I'm like, oh, well, why don't you come fucking work in a warehouse with me <laughs> since you're not broke? <laughs> and so, uh, no, he'd probably take my job. I don't want him to come and work with me. <laughs> and, He's a bit more physically able. Yes. And uh, so he's probably like, I can lift 50 to 75 pounds every fucking day for 10 hours. That's not bad. And he, uh, but yeah, I feel like that's the fight that makes the most sense, though, is him and um, him and Cannonier. Because you have Vittoria and Costler already set to fight. The next guy up for the title is going to be Whitaker. 
and I really want Whitaker to win that fight, but I'm just like, I don't really see how you win that fight. Yeah. It's just, um, Adesanya's so long for the way that, uh, he, he's so long and he's so tall for these guys that Whitaker's beat, you know? With, for if, you can go ahead. And so, um, yeah, no, I don't know. So I think with, uh, Jared Cannonier and, uh, Derek Brunson, I think that should be the fight next for the guy who's going to fight the winner of those two guys. Yeah. Um, I could see it being Izzy too, but yeah, Whitaker's so technically sound. Yeah, the way he throws things, he he could win any fight. But when you fight someone like Adesanya, whose striking is on a level that it's all about how much fun they're having, how creative they can be, it's it's always going to be hard to predict. Just like Michael Page, it's right. it's so hard to predict uh, what's going to happen in that fight. And so, speaking of middleweights, uh, do, do you see who the UFC just signed? Mm-mm. Alex Bahia, who has oh yeah two knockout wins over Israel Adesanya, yeah. and that's a big His, deal in the in kickboxing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't see if they, um, I mean, hopefully Alex Bahia can live up to the hype and come in there and do what he's supposed to do. And yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen it before with uh, Valentina Shevchenko and uh, Joanna Jacek. Uh We've seen them, too. They, uh, who's that? Uh, Shevchenko has two wins in Muay Thai over um, uh, Joanna. So they end up meeting again at 125, and um, Shevchenko still won that fight. And yeah, as long as Bayo can, I think he already has a fight set, I believe. And if he can live up to the hype and he can get his name up there real, uh, like quick, because uh, I, I believe that he can, we don't need to ease him into the UFC if he's fought at that level, the same exact level as Adesanya has, you know? Because Adesanya was able to reach that level in less than three years and become champion. And yeah. so Pejeo is a, a top-tier fighter like he has been in kickboxing, then, you know, give him, you know, like I think let him I'll, work his way up, but it won't take too long. Yeah, let him work his way up, but I'm okay with these if he skips a couple people to get over there, you know. As long as the fights uh, are promising enough. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, people are already saying that he's not gonna live up to the hype, and I'm like, man, y'all just love to shit on people, don't you? Yeah. But well, you Patty Pimblet, a bunch of fighters are like, yeah, but he's just gonna get knocked out now. It's like, oh, okay, we'll go fight him, go knock him out. Yeah. This guy tried, he almost had it. And he still got knocked out. Yeah. He still got finished trying to finish Patty Pimblett. Yeah. It's like the same people who say something about, like, you know, like Adrian Giannis. Oh, he has bad head movement. Like, actually, no, he has great head movement. He's uh, He has amazing hands, especially for MMA. It's just, you know, Randy Koss was able to pop him up a little bit, pepper him up. But, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like they're not always going to look invincible. Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes you're going to have them look like, you know, like a normal fighter. They're all people. And so, um, and I know, come speaking of that, it's like I think we talked about. It, it's like uh, I think Giannis said that he expected um, a more kick, a kick heavy Costa, but Costa said he was mainly training uh, boxing for that fight. I believe his name's Costa, Randy Costa. That's how it said. And so, um, yeah, we'll just have to just wait and see with that. I'm excited for that signing though. And so, yeah. uh, the last thing I did want to talk about with you is, did you see Brittany Palmer's uh, post about Khabib? Yes, and I saw the comments, and that's what confused me the most. Uh, the The issue there is that uh, Khabib said that Ringles are useless and pointless, and think on that whatever you want. Uh, yeah. But Brittany Palmer, being a ring girl, took a little bit of slight to that, and she tweeted out a meme where it's uh, Smithers from Simpsons backed into a corner uh, by strippers, <laughs> And the strippers had the label of Brittany Palmer and like 
other ring girls or whoever. And then Smithers was Khabib. And she tweeted that out and said, sorry, not sorry. And all the comments were like hating on Brittany Palmer. Like, oh, you realize that this meme is actually on you? No, it's not. It's making fun of Khabib. It's because he's afraid of sexy women, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny. So I don't. I just don't understand why people were hating on her so much for it. Yeah, no, it's hilarious, and I think what it was is just all in good fun. Who cares? Yeah. Like, don't take it so serious. Like, um, I really doubt she doesn't like Khabib, and Khabib doesn't like her. Like, I doubt there's any issues there. Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna fucking see him telling her like, "Let's wrestle, let's wrestle," you know, like, like, uh, fucking, I'll, I'll smash you. That'd be fucking funny. We <laughs> told her that like, whoa, whoa, we can't tell that's a woman. Um, it's like, no, my English bed. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, no, man, it's just all in good fun. I mean, um, I don't know Brittany Palmer. I've uh, never even seen an interview by her, but I'm sure she's probably a pretty nice person. And so if she wants to poke fun at the whole situation, then let her. Let her, yeah. You know, and so uh, we'll post that meme on the page probably so y'all can kind of get an idea, so y'all know what it is. And um, let us know what you think about that. So, yeah, you got yeah. Any, anything left? else at all any news at all that's um not that i'm aware of um nope oh yeah and uh shout out to cameron smotherman from uh metro cameron eduardo um their other guys they got they all they went undefeated the other night in fury and uh i mean stuff like that especially with the passing of coach salsa lease uh i think that's incredible to see is to see all these guys go undefeated on a card like that yeah. So uh, and to mainly get finishes as well, it's awesome, you know. So um, very happy to see it, and congratulations to those guys. We'll definitely be tuning in again to your next fights. Oh, and then we got uh, C.J. Jimenez's uh, debut. I'm sorry, <laughs> you got this one. Okay, so, um, no, I'm I'm sitting in your chair today, so I'm the one messing up <laughs> the names now. <laughs> no, you're good. For, it just it comes with the it comes with the chair, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, this Tuesday, if you have the time or if you have ESPN Plus, uh, be sure to tune in to Dana White's Contender Series to watch CJ Vergara. See, watch Carlos Vergara, CJ Vergara uh, take on uh, Bruno Correa um, for a uh, UFC contract. It's gonna be a very exciting fight. Uh, CJ is the current, I believe, the current um, Fury FC um, flyweight, flyweight champion. champion. And it's just going to be a really, really good fight. I'm sure both those guys bring it. CJ, in his last fight, uh, he fought Jacob Silva in one hell of a fight. Like, honestly, uh, this was when I first started watching Fury was that fight. And so that wasn't that long ago. But, I mean, those guys went back and forth, and it was just all-around fun fight. So I'm excited to see what what happens with that. Bruno's a very, very tough challenge. We've seen him from the Ultimate Fighter Brazil. And so he's going to be taking on um, CJ who just, I mean, he's got that Pete Spratt Muay Thai, trains out of San Antonio, Texas, and, um, yeah, it's just going to be a fun fight, so definitely tune in to watch that. Uh, we are Team CJ all the way. We support our Texans very, very strongly. And if you're not sure if you like watching Dana White Contender Series, go look at the last episode. Um, I think there was one fight, and it was the first time this has ever happened. Both fighters won a contract, even the guy who lost. Um, yeah. They were all such good fights. Um so they even gave a contract to a loser. Yeah, five contracts went out that day. Uh, we saw um, AJ Fletcher also make his debut. Yeah, uh, f- he's a Fury FC veteran as well. Yeah, he looked real good. Yeah, he got a knockout, I believe, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, man, uh, definitely tune in to watch CJ uh, win his UFC contract, and we'll, we'll definitely be tuning in. And we can't wait to talk about that. So, any uh, last thoughts or comments? 
No. Nope. Well, all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Y'all uh, be safe and take care. Until the next time.